Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner Khan. It was that Thanksgiving where I, I was sitting there and I was looking at my, my daughters and I wasn't going to be able to enjoy it with them. I wasn't going to be able to sit there with them. I wasn't going to be able to, to spend time with my family. Instead, I had to go work. Today on episode 516 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with the owner of the Wholesale Formula, Dan Metters. I'm going to ask Dan how a crisis can propel you to launch a successful new venture and much more. You can find out more about Dan along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Now, before we get into our discussion, I want to tell you a little bit about our friends at SiteHub. If you want a system to build your acquisition of new clients without any homework on your part, contact SiteHub at yoursitehub.com. Now let's welcome Dan Metters. Dan started out working a regular day job in a small town in Kentucky. In 2011, he began selling on Amazon with only $600 and grew it into a multi-million dollar business in just a few short years. Today, Dan owns a business that has sold over 500,000 products on Amazon, done well over $20 million in sales, has generated millions in profit, and only works one hour per week due to the unique business model he created that allows him to almost completely automate the entire business. Dan now uses his freedom to teach people all over the world his exclusive business model through his elite online training program known as the Wholesale Formula. Dan, welcome to the show. Hey, David. Thanks for having me on, brother. Oh, my pleasure. Dan, before we get into your, your current business, what were you doing before 2011? Sure. No, uh, you know, I went to, whenever I went to college, I, I wanted to be an attorney. And uh, it was kind of funny because my wife at the time, well, she's, she was my girlfriend at the time, later my wife, was about a semester behind me. And I started working at this uh, local company that sold... Uh, magic cards, Pokemon cards, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, stuff like that on online. And I, you know, I started there just as a card sorter. And my goal was to work until she had graduated so I could go on to law school and she could live with me. And it was kind of crazy because I just felt like I'd never really experienced anything like that. Like I'd always, you know, I, I'd always looked at more traditional employment and I didn't have a, a bunch of a tech background. It's kind of funny. I didn't even own a computer until I was like 18 or 19 years old. We were just too poor to afford one. And, uh, then, you know, I, I, as I started working there, I just fell in, absolutely in love with e-commerce. Like the fact is, is like you can do business with anybody anywhere. And, it, you know, it's as simple as just being able to set up a website or something like that to be able to take payments. So it was the whole concept of e-commerce just blew me away. And, you know, I, I didn't end up going to law school. Instead, I ended up staying on at that company for a few years. And uh, the first year we were there, we did, you know, I think it was one one point three million or something like that in sales. And uh, we grew over the next few years to over twenty five million a year in sales. And it taught me a lot about, you know, how to run a company, how to, you know, basically like how to create a business that was was sustainable because the, you know, the owner of that business was he was particularly interesting. He wasn't like a traditional business owner. He was always sharing information. He loved uh, employing people who were better than him at specific tasks. And it really did just teach me a lot. So, when, you know, and then 2011 is kind of funny because like I was a big part of that business, but 
in, in 2011, we definitely had different uh, opinions about how the company was going and, and where it would go. And ultimately, I got terminated. And that, that kind of forced my hand on really starting into the Amazon business. So fascinating. So do you think you would have launched the Amazon business had you not gotten fired? It's interesting because we, had, we, you know, we had been selling a little bit, just just more for 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 learning experience because it was another form of e-commerce and it was an area where the company would would potentially want to move in the future. So as employees, like we were just testing it out on the side and having a lot of fun with it. So, uh, you know, I, I would have, yes, I definitely would have sold on Amazon, but no, I don't think I would have. I don't think I would have launched a business at, at the scale we've we've ultimately grown to. I think I would have would have been a, probably a short term side hustle for me. You know, I find it's fascinating that sometimes these unexpected roadblocks are triggers that launch us into much bigger things. Oh, for sure. And, and you know, that that's that's true for me. It was it. You know, at first I was I was terrified, scared. I remember like when it happened, I, I went and just cried for hours. I had a little bitty downtown office that we we're using to like pack and ship our stuff out of. And I just cried for hours and I didn't have any idea what I was going to tell my wife. Like I actually went home and, and and told my wife at the time that I'd quit because I was so ashamed that I that I'd been fired, and uh, she she literally begged me to go get my job back. And it was it, you know whenever in that situation it was it, I was miserable because I couldn't you know I, I didn't feel like I could tell her that I, I can't just go get it back. So I had to feign extreme confidence and and just you know reinforce that this is this is a good thing and we're going to be okay. But it was it was absolutely terrifying at the time. Well, Dan, I can totally relate because I launched my business in 2006 following a job loss after working for as an employee for 28 years. And even though in my heart, I really wanted to be my own boss, I didn't have the wherewithal to do it until I got fired. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, that's the, the it kind of kicks in that it's almost you almost want to call it fight or flight, right? Like it, you, it really puts your back against the wall. And I think that's whenever you, you, people tend to deliver is when their back's against the wall and they don't have any other choice. Yep. And then our true strengths show. For sure. No, I mean, I, I couldn't agree with that more. So let's now talk about your business. So you started in 2011. You were unemployed. You had six hundred dollars. Yeah. I mean, when we, 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 cause we'd started it a few months before that, like I said, just buying and selling stuff for that $600 credit card. But it, at the time I got fired, like I didn't have, you know, I depleted the vast majority of my savings. Like we had had to replace a roof on our house. We had had to uh, replace our HVAC all in like a month, a month and a half period. It was just unbelievable. And I, before that I'd paid my wife's college loans off. So like, it, you know, even though I had a great job when I got terminated, I didn't have any savings. Right. And if you apply for credit when you're unemployed, you're probably not going to get any. Absolutely. And I didn't have any credit. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I was one of those people that, that I was always I was always terrified of being in debt because I, I saw how, you know, debt just absolutely ravaged my mom. So I'd always tried to pay for things in cash. And it, it just led to me literally just not having any, any type of savings, any type of money. And then, you know, when we were getting started, we had that we had that little credit card and we would just go out to, you know, I, I, I didn't have enough money at the time to place orders with vendors or anything like that. We really had to just grind all, all the way there. So I would, you know, every waking hour I was out in stores and I was shopping. I, I was doing a, a model called retail arbitrage at the time. And what that is, is going into retail stores, uh, buying a product off the shelf and then going and selling that online. And, you know, it, it's not a it's not an incredibly scalable model. But one of the things it really does, it's a model that puts money in your pocket fast. It, it's almost, 
immediate in terms of, of being able to to realize a profit, right? So we were able to scale that $500 credit card really, really quickly. And, you know, we would we would go out, max it out, pay it off, go out, max it out, pay it off. And then we eventually started requesting bigger limits and, and stuff like that. And with our payment history, they did. So over the course of that first year in business, we did about – uh, 980, I think it's about 900 and maybe $960,000 in sales or something like that. It was, it was a pretty substantial amount of money and we had generated a lot of capital. Like, you know, our profit margins were great and for all intents and purposes, like our business was succeeding, but there was a problem. Like it wasn't a business, right? Like the model was entirely contingent upon me going out and shopping and then bringing those back and, and packing and shipping everything out. But if I stop shopping, my business immediately went away. And that was, you know, ultimately that was our, that was our plateau is the, you know, the next year we, we decided we were going to try to work incredibly hard and uh, just see how much more, more sales we could do. And I, no, I, I remember now first year was 860,000 in sales. And then our second year, uh, you know, with all the additional effort and, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't, I didn't feel like there was an extra hour anywhere. And we, we ended up doing $940,000 in sales that year. And I remember it was about, it was Thanksgiving holiday. And for, if you're doing retail arbitrage, Black Friday is your biggest shopping day of the year. Like, I mean, you know, the discounts everywhere, things like that. And we always had to go out on Black Friday. Like we, you know, it, it was like basically being awake 48 hours, driving to as many stores as we could, filling up our our van. And we even would rent vehicles and just uh, leave them places. And then we would fill those up as well. And but it was that Thanksgiving where I, I was sitting there and I was looking at my my daughters and I wasn't going to be able to enjoy it with them. I wasn't going to be able to sit there with them. I wasn't going to be able to to spend time with my family. Instead, I had to go work. And, you know, while we were out that night and driving around, I was talking to Eric. I was like, man, we, we have to come up with another solution. Like we have to come up with another way to make money. And that that kind of kicked off our the idea process for us. Like, you know, we we did a few things and failed at them. The first thing we did is we uh, tried to open a brick and mortar retail store. And, you know, honestly, in, in Corbin, it was just a terrible idea for us. It was a very specialty store. We were going to sell uh, toys and games because that's where the majority of our our knowledge was from. And, you know, in a town of 7000 people, it just it's really hard, uh, particularly in a pretty impoverished area. And the store just ultimately didn't work. We actually ended up not doing poorly. We We sold the store and then we tried to. We tried another business model. We started a website with My Little Pony Collectibles. And it was, you know, we, we had watched a documentary about bronies and done a whole lot of research. And it, it looked it looked like it was ultimately uh, going to be possibly a successful venture for us. And we, we put everything together, launched it. It actually was doing a fair amount of sales. and but But the problem was we weren't passionate about it. Like it just didn't, you know, it was just, it was doing work for the sake of money. And we ended up selling that website. And started out, uh, started trying to do private label on Amazon, had a really successful product that that did really well and made, you know, several hundred thousand dollars in profit, but we couldn't replicate it. And, and, you know, it was just failure after failure after failure for us. And then we started trying to do wholesale and failed at that too. We went to a show, we ended up blowing a whole bunch of money on products that weren't really good. And it was like, when we came back, I, I remember I was just completely dejected. And I looked over and I was like, man, like this is this is rough. Like it seems like the only way we know how to make money is by by getting out there and working ourselves to the bone. And, you know, that's it was I guess it was almost desperation right there that we found our that we kind of found our business model. 
And I, I remember looking over at Eric and while we were sitting there and I, I picked up this one product on my desk and I don't even remember what it was. And I was like, you know what, man, it's crazy. Cause like, you know, our model is wholesale. And that was the model we were trying to get into. And that's, you know, contacting a manufacturer, distributor to set up a wholesale relationship so you can buy their products at wholesale prices and then sell them at retail. And everything we looked at just never had any margin. And it was, you know, it was, it was miserable. And I just I remember looking at Eric and I was like, um, you know, I, it's crazy. I would just like to carry this one product, but I, I have no idea which distributor to go to go buy it from. I know this product's good. And, you know, that that was our model at first is we did it just the way everybody else did. We looked up how do you do wholesale and every single thing we read said you find distributors and contact them, set up an account, see what all they have and then buy the good stuff. And that seems simple enough, but it just didn't work. So, you know, instead, when we I remember Eric looked at me and he was like, hey, man, well, why don't you just call the company and see who sells that product? And I called that company and I was like. I'm a retailer and I would I would love to know how I could how I could start carrying a product like which which distributors carry it and if you have their contact information and they were like hey man we uh we actually just sell direct like if uh hello <laughs> like a light bulb went off right it's just, and it's so crazy because wouldn't you just think of that at first like uh, like it just seems like that that's the natural thing to do is just call the person that that makes the product or owns the product and ask them where to buy it right but it, you know, every single thing I read, nothing said to do that. And I, I was blown away. And I was like, so how much is your guys opening order? And they said, oh, it's just $250. So, you know, here I am working directly with a manufacturer and their opening order was $250. And then I remember when I got that price list, it was good. And I was thinking, I wonder why the price list is good. And it's because they, you know, they weren't going through distributors. They weren't, their products weren't being marked up and then marked up again and then marked up again to finally be sold to a, uh, you know, finally be sold. Instead, I was being, I was able to buy it directly from the source. And I swear, like it was, that was like, you know, what you said, the light bulb moment where it was like, wow, if it's this easy, if I can just call people and set up these accounts and, and, and work this way, like this is a real business that we can make. And, uh, you know, that was, I guess that was our, our first real plateau because our business started to take off again. And then we ran into like another huge obstacle. And it was, you know, the vast majority of people that we would call to try to set up accounts with, they just didn't want to do business with us. And it wasn't that it wasn't that they didn't want to do business with us. It was just, you know, we would call and they'd be like, hey, man, where are you selling our products at? And we'd tell them we were selling it on Amazon. And they would be like, hey, you know, we already have enough Amazon sellers. We're not really looking to add anybody else. And it was just all the time. It was constant rejection. And I remember I was thinking, you know, what can I do to make these people work for me? Because, you know, in the it, when I was working with distributors and stuff like that, the only thing they cared about was how big my order was. That was it. Like that was the only thing that made me different than you as a customer. And, you know, I, I didn't have the bankroll to, to, to play at that level. I didn't have I couldn't just outspend everybody. But there was one thing I could do. And, it, you know, I understood Amazon. I understood, you know, how Amazon's search algorithms work. I understand you know, what makes a great page and what makes customers want to buy your product. Like I can make products sell better on Amazon. And that was the thing that that I felt like, you know, a lot of these brands were missing, even though they had all the sellers in the world that they wanted, they didn't have anybody that was helping them sell their product better. So I remember I, I called this brand and this was, you know, this was like the, the next big breakthrough for us. And, and, you know, it was kind of funny. Our first year of of wholesale, we did it for like six months. We did about 1.2 million. And that was, you know, the kind of the breakthrough that got us there, the first one. And then the next year we did 3.6 million in sales. And this is the, you know, this was the breakthrough that got us from 1.2 to 3.6. I think it's the breakthrough that ultimately 
positions you to be able to build as big a business as you really want. So I called the brand and I'd reached out to them via email and they told me they didn't have any, they, they weren't looking for any new Amazon sellers. And I remember the conversation really vividly. I was speaking to a guy named Bob and he was the regional sales manager for this company. And I was like, Bob, you know, I'd reached out to you an email and you said you guys weren't looking for any other Amazon sellers. And he was like, yeah, man, we're already working with three of the biggest Amazon sellers in the game. You know, at the time they were working with like E-Tails, River Colony Trading and and somebody else. And all these companies do like north of $100 million in sales per year on Amazon. And so, he, he you know, he said, we're working with the best people already. So so what could you possibly offer me? Why would I, why would I have any interest to work with you? And I remember that. You know, I was like, I definitely understand that you you guys have a great crop of sellers and, you know, you, you don't feel like you're needing anything. But, you know, I understand Amazon and let's look, look at your page really quick. And, I, you know, I got him to go. I don't know why he did it, actually. He was just listening to me. And we, we went over to his page and he can see he was able to see that, you know, his product didn't have great pictures. And I took him to a competitor's page and showed him that their product had amazing pictures. Their product had amazing titles and descriptions and all those things that make a product really sell. And I was like, all right, now as a customer, would you buy your own product or would you buy that one? And he said, not knowing anything, I would buy their product. And I said, exactly. So what you're doing is you're leveraging, you're leveraging the power of the brand that you've built. Like all the people that are buying your product are uh, old customers. These are, these are people who know and love your product. But you're not competing for those new customers. And that's what I can help you with. It's like, even though you have the best Amazon sellers in the world, you know, they're not doing this for you and they're not able to, they're, they're not helping you. And it's like, you could probably go to them and they may do these things. But do you want to always have to do that? Do you always want to know the next action they should take? Or do you want somebody that is here to bat for you? And I remember he was like, man, you know what? I will work with you. I'll give you a shot. And that was it. That was the breakthrough because then I learned that it wasn't just about money. It wasn't how much I could spend, but if I could legitimately find a way to help these brands, if I could legitimately find a way to, to, to make their life better or their, their product grow, not just by selling it, then that was a point of leverage for me. And it would get, it would create a benefit for people wanting to work with me. And I knew that I could just outwork people. And that's what our whole business model ultimately became was reverse, you know, our, our, our business model is reverse sourcing wholesale. And what that means is finding products on Amazon and then tracking them back to whoever makes it and reaching out and trying your best to offer some level of value to get them to work with you. Fascinating. Makes perfect sense now Now that you describe it. Dan, what's the, the one hour per week part of it? Sure. No, I mean, that's the other beautiful thing is, you know, whenever we were doing retail arbitrage, it was literally built based around our talents. Like I had to be out there making every single decision because almost everything you buy is subjective and you're buying one-off items over and over and over. But whenever we were able to, whenever we were creating this business, you know, we're ordering product, it comes to us. Or in this instance, we actually don't even see our products. We use something called a a prep center and they receive our products, get them ready for Amazon and then send them, send them to Amazon for us. So it just created a different dynamic, right? Like I don't have to go find my products. Instead, what we focused on is we focused on creating processes and systems to be able to remove ourselves from, from task, right? Like if I come up with, this is the criteria for products I want to buy, then I can teach a, an employee how to do that and they can go look for products. And, and just be able to buy products based on based on the criteria I've set. So we ultimately did that. And it took us about a year. Like we created standard operating procedures across all of our business. Uh, we hired and trained employees, and ultimately, you know, was was able to to scale ourselves right out of a job. 
And that's that's where you get to the to, to the one hour a week is nowadays, you know, have two full time employees in that business. We have two virtual assistants and, you know, my, my role is to give them feedback and coaching. Fascinating. So now let's talk about the wholesale formula and how you're teaching people all over the world this exclusive business model. Sure. No, it was, you know, it's kind of fascinating how it, how it came to happen. It was once we had started doing wholesale, one of my buddies, he was a, a digital marketer and he was, he was in town here and he wanted to come by our office. And so I, I was like, yeah, man, let's come by and let's, let's hang out and chat. And he's like, wow, this is completely fascinating, man. You should make a course about this. And I was like, who would want to know how to like, you know, build a business like this? And he was like, I promise lots and lots of people. And he asked me, you know, he had the, he asked me that same story about how I had gotten started. And I told him, you know, there wasn't any good information that ultimately it led me down all the wrong paths. And he was like, that's that's what you can provide. You can provide the right path for people. So we, you know, we ultimately did it. We created a course. And I remember the first time when we sold that course is, it, you know, there's nothing like selling, selling a course. I imagine it's probably the, kind of that same feeling as selling a book about being vulnerable, right? Like, having people just literally judging everything that, that you, all your thoughts and, and what you had put down. But uh, ultimately we, you know, it, it was kind of funny. We didn't have like a great barometer for success. And that night, whenever we had just opened, opened our course, I remember I told Eric, uh, I was like, if we make one sale, we should, we should drink a bottle of champagne. And then if, you know, if we make five, five sales, we should crack a bottle of Cristal. And the minute the cart went live, the website crashed because we had so much traffic. <laughs> And it was it was crazy. Like we did. I think we ended up uh, selling like one hundred and thirty or one hundred and forty was our very first group. And we spent, you know, all all of our energy trying to trying our best to to help them through. And not only that, like our course is probably a lot different than most. And we've heard this a thousand times. But our course was, you know, we didn't we, we didn't create it with fluff, like everything we everything we were teaching. We were already doing internally, and all we did was was document our like we used our documented processes to to create the course. So you know, ultimately that first wave went incredibly well. Lots and lots of people had lots of success, and it just kind of grew from there. But you know, that was the the thing is it that became uh, more exciting to me than than our own business. So you know, it, it was convenient that I was able to scale myself out because it let me have the freedom and time to be able to focus on on the wholesale formula where I've impacted thousands of people now. Wow. And and where are you now in the in this process of of helping other people through the wholesale formula? Sure. We've expanded since then. Like uh, another unique aspect uh, whenever we we launched our courses, we we realized that Amazon changes constantly, like all the time. So Every time we would go to open our course, we don't leave it open very often. Like, for example, it's not open now. It probably won't be open for the rest of the year for signups. But every time we open it, we do a full reboot and we actually uh, go through and, and remake all the videos to make sure the content is completely up to date and fresh. So since that point, we, we've launched uh, we've launched it, you know, seven times. We used to open it twice per year. Now we're down to, to a once per year schedule. And we've over the course of time, we've had, I think, 3,500 or 3,700 students at this point that have went through. And uh, we've just been able to be a part of the creation of, of hundreds of businesses. So it's been crazy. I mean, it's definitely been a, a unique and awesome experience. But it's had we had we never made that jump to wholesale, I just we would have never found the time. Like we would have never found the time to to be involved and, and help other people. Isn't it amazing how there are these these really unique pivot points in life that are totally unexpected and yet really are game changers? 
Right. Like if, you know, whenever we went to change our model, I didn't change our model with the idea of I'm going to create a course and do all this other stuff. I created, I, I wanted to change our model because I wanted something that was sustainable for myself. Like I wanted something, I wanted to create a business model that let me, let me eat Thanksgiving dinner with my daughters. So Dan, how can people learn more about you, your program, um, stuff you teach people? If they have any questions, where would they go? For sure. We actually had a, had a page set up just for you, man. It's thewholesaleformula.com slash smashing plateaus. Sounds great. And that, that if they go to that link, uh, what it is, it's absolutely free, 100%. But it's a it's just a complete walkthrough on our business and just kind of gives you that that 30,000 foot view of, of what this business is, how it works, and, and really just kind of how you can get started. Well, thank you so much, Dan, for coming on Smashing the Plateau today, describing your own journey, talking about how it is you help other people, and doing a little bit of a deep dive. My guest today has been Dan Metters with The Wholesale Formula. Thank you again, Dan, for joining us. Absolutely, brother. Thanks for having me on. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today we learned how a crisis can propel you to launch a successful new venture and how Dan overcame multiple plateaus as he built his own business. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them smash the plateau. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you help us bring Smashing the Plateau to you for free. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.